Welcome back to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, and I'm with Shana Kulik from Pattern Pulp Studio. Shana, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, and we're still we're still at Half Design Live. Yes. It's still day two. Yes. It's been a long day two. I mean, this is probably two months ago by this point. Who knows? And you're speaking actually tomorrow. You're 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 one of the last. You're on the last day. I know. Just before lunch, though. So I speak before lunch, so hopefully there'll be some people left before they've taken off. I think a lot of fl- yeah, yeah. I know. I know when when the day ends. I'm excited at for like Sagmeister. three o'clock. People start flying out. So I do think people are staying because I know there's some fabulous talks tomorrow. I think so. I think mm-hmm. uh, last time Sagmeister spoke at this conference, they also had him at that same spot. Mm-hmm. I think to keep people around. Exactly. You got if you want if you want to see if you want to see Sagmeister, you got to hang around. So, so I'm I'm actually here through the whole thing, which will be fun. So, so Shana, what what is it? What is your talk on? Okay, so my talk is about how art and culture affect pattern and color, and so. I do a lot of trend forecasting and trend strategy, and I study what's going on in the art world and what's going on globally. And art is the most unfiltered form of creativity, and it reacts to culture and politics. And so I like to see what's going on in the zeitgeist of that world and then see how what are the patterns that we're noticing color messaging and then how does it then link into all other parts of society whether we're talking about gen z or we're talking about gen x we're talking about you know what we see at home what are the fabrics that we're deciding to purchase and the colors and or you know what are the clothes that we're buying for our children or for our grandparents or the shoes we're buying like i see the world as um, a connected web and so the talk tomorrow it's going to try and like decipher all of that through some examples of things we've been seeing and then things we're going to be seeing. And when you talk about patterns, you talk about pattern patterns, not like weather patterns or like forecasting patterns, but actually like patterns you'd see on, on wallpaper or patterns you'd so, see on clothing, but also yeah. patterns of patterns, I assume. Both, in okay. fact. <laughs> to me, it's literal, like the pattern that I'm wearing, the pattern that you're wearing, but also... I see the world through patterns. Um, what is it? Like two times it's a coincidence, three times it's a pattern. Oh. Uh, like in general in life, it's like the things that we see constantly, the things that we happen to notice. Like why are you attracted to um, a stripe? Why am I attracted to a dot? And so I'm very, very interested in like why people at different ages from different backgrounds and just basically all of the niches we have in society are interested and attracted to or purchasing or like why do we care about what we care about and then how does that translate back into like the products we make and so we're making things that are relevant that are meaningful that don't just end up in a landfill so it is both it's like how do we make better more meaningful products instead of just like designing into an abyss right what what got you into like actual patterns okay like what was it because it it is a i went to your website it's 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 just shana ShanaKulik.com. Yeah. Right. K-U-L-I-K. And and it's it's it I mean, gorgeous patterns. Well, it's it's interesting. The website, I really stripped it down. I used to have a lot of work on it. I had my first internship at a pattern design studio when I was in studying abroad in college for Longina Phillips Design Studio. It was a female-run company, and that opened my eyes to the world of, I guess, commercial pattern making. 
And so when I, I was very eager to move to New York after graduating from school and my first job was working in licensing. And so I got my chops really making patterns for footwear for women and for children. And once you get into the world of licensing in New York, you it's like a door is open to all of the other licensing companies. So I jumped around a lot. And we also, if I were kind of kind of talk about like the first window into the trend forecasting world, we used to hire people to come talk to us or we would go to offices to hear about like what are the insights that are happening around the world because we were making so much and when you're making product that's being made two years in advance, you have to get it right, you know, because you don't, you don't, you have really long lead times. Yeah, because yeah. patterns go on items and then items get printed with it and then those are then produced into something else so yeah and they're being produced overseas and shipped yeah. back they're not being flown back and so the lead times are long it's different than digital and it's interesting I want to talk about this tomorrow like timelines are different depending on what you're producing so if you're in like a digital agency you might have a three-month lead time which is so different from a two-year lead time and so but we're still digesting the same cultural content and so like how does that affect the flow of trend and what's being made and what feels tired and what still feels fresh and relevant. And so I started off in licensing and in print and pattern. And I kind of just got like my technical chops because we were just working around the clock. And then I eventually moved more into the agency world and doing more um, digital campaign and strategy. And I eventually started Pattern Pulp, which is my business in around 2008. And I mean, I can I can talk about that, but it was sort of like it all began when I was in at university. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes that first job you get determines a lot of what you end up doing. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't, but but sometimes I mean, I'm sure when you went to university, you probably weren't thinking that I'm going to do a lot of pattern work. I didn't. I worked in an art gallery for all four years, and I joke that's like my longest standing boss that I had. <laughs> uh, Lenore Miller, she's wonderful. <laughs> but it was different. I was in art, though, but I was doing art education then. And so I was doing grant writing and bringing in children from the inner city school system within the D.C. area to the galleries and working with the Smithsonian as well to do you know art-related projects based off of what they were seeing in the gallery. So I feel like I have always been immersed within the art world. So it's like we're always pivoting and twisting and turning as like our lives evolve um, and our careers evolve. But pattern has always just been something that I have been attracted to. And then I kind of dove in. You said... Sometimes we have these events that happen and we don't know that they're going to change our lives. Yeah. Um, so I remember it was, I'm going to date myself, but when Obama was running for office and I went to one of his fundraisers in Brooklyn and there were, you know, like silent auctions and raffles. And so I put in for the raffle and it was, I think it was like to get like 30 subscriptions to beautiful print magazines from all over the world. And I was like, I never win anything. I ended up winning it. And I was like, oh. oh my God, this is amazing. So like two weeks later, just like magazine after magazine starts showing up at the door and I'm pouring over everything. And I mean, it's you know from Germany, from Japan, from Spain, from Paris, like from London. Sure. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm seeing so many parallels and similarities between like the photography, the fashion styling, the product development, the colors. And so... I started to write about it. And this is when blogs were kind of starting back right. in the day. 
I started to write about it more from a B2B perspective, not as a blog that was celebrating patterns for, you know, like a mother shopping for a baby carriage or, you know, very different, not necessarily like, oh, this is how you decorate your home and the wallpaper you're going to buy. I was really focused on like, well, why are we seeing this? How is one artist on one side of the world doing something that's so similar to another artist? And what are the, you know, what's the connective tissue? And so that was Pattern Pulp, essentially. It was a blog, and it started to just like grow very organically. And over time, I, I brought on different writers from different industries. So whether it's like beauty or, or legal or fashion, um, before I knew it, we were a collective of people talking about color and pattern from all different perspectives. And I started, I remember I got the first call, can you come talk to our designers? And I was like, wow. So this is, it was kind of like a long-winded uh, explanation of a pivot <laughs> but um that's when I started to pivot because like design is in my bones it'll always be in my bones I'm an artist but um I so love I'm such a nerd about the research and why and how we care about what we do and what we buy and how we communicate that like that's how Pattern Pulp kind of like took off and then went from there well a lot of these and you say like worldwide there's a lot of things that go through because they even make it if you go to the store different brands will things coordinate mm -hmm. based on the season and you can kind of if you buy shoes one season and buy a shirt that season it's like they might have the same sort of color but they're different manufacturers like it is i don't know what is the reason that they they just have is there a secret website they go to because the pantone <laughs> color of the year is just one color so i mean where do they get the other like three okay. or four? so i love this topic okay so i'm on the board of the color association Oh, the colors are, ooh, that yeah, sounds... it's fun. And it's it's more of an organization. We I have such huge respect for Pantone, but it's exactly what you just said. It's one color. And they're such masterminds. And there is so much research that goes into, like, why is magenta for 2023, which it is. Yeah. Well, it's not straight magenta. No. It's something. Yeah. It, it's it a is... moody. And it's it's yeah. a resistance. And it's a... it's a. But it's, it's a... It's a... They have a different term for it because it's not just no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just that term. I, I guess I, I don't. No, I mean down, the, but... the magenta's in there, but it's something else. They, they can't just say the color. It looks this like year there's is... a drop of blood in it. Yeah, the color, <laughs> the color's never like, oh, uh, the color's blue this year. It's always yeah. Yeah. Always like, no, <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll see. Oh, I'm going to talk about it tomorrow because it's actually on my female rage board. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go real, real fast. Um. And this is like the post Roe v. Wade world. Um, and that's sure. like, that's a huge part of it. And what are women I'm doing a little bit of a sideline here? You know, how are they reacting to where we're at today? But um, I do think that that was part of what they were thinking about when they, when they released when they that, when they picked that color, but we do palettes. That's what I was trying to say. So we do a whole host of colors because it feels more holistic. And like you just said, why do the shoes match the shirt? Because it is a whole, it's a whole collection that you have to make. And it depends on, is it a big company, you know, that, that has a lot on the line? Like it's a name in Marcus, Macy, you know, or is it a smaller, uh, more niche, more influencer brand? And they're usually doing maybe collaborations with artists directly. But the bigger brands are definitely buying trend services, whether it's like WGSN, the Claire's, you know, there's so many different services that you can, that have the forecasters doing all the research, whether it's like for kids, for women, for home, for men. For beauty, they're just there are a lot of verticals. And how far in advance do they do that? Do they say these are the colors for like next month, or 
since there's a two-year lead time, do they start saying, like, these are the colors you might want to look at in 2026? So in a few weeks, I have my meeting with the Color Association, and we're doing um, for 2025. Okay, about yeah. two years out. About two years in advance. Okay, well, yeah. a lot of black. It's going to be just four, four <laughs> shades of black. <laughs> Oh my it's going to be a bleak year. We're never, oh gosh, don't say that. No, we never do no, black I'm, I'm or positive. white. Oh. <laughs> because they're not technically colors that people are, but we do do metallics and we do, uh, you know, it's interesting. We talk about what's happening in the world and on the association, we have experts in color from all different industries. It could be, you know, cotton ink, or you could have someone that's on the CFDA board or someone who, you know, head of trend at Neiman Marcus, or you could have someone in the automobile industry. Like, it's everybody comes together to hash out why they believe what they believe, but it's not just intuition. It's like, okay, well, where are the Olympics going to be hosted? Um, and when? What books are coming out? What movies um, are successful and we think will, uh, or TV series are going to continue on that are going to pick up again? What's happening in Gen Z? What's happening, you know? And, and thankfully, movies give, give you, like, a two-year lead time. Yeah. Period, so... so there is science to it, but there is also, like, when you've been doing it a long time, you can understand, my gosh, okay, well, pink has been living on for a long time. Is it going to continue? Is it transitioning? And when you think about home, you're not buying a sofa every year like you're buying a shirt. You know, you're buying it. So different materials last longer. You're purchasing things um, with longer lives, like longer trend. I don't like the word trend life, but depending on the market whether it's accessory or beauty versus home and lifestyle, of course. Yeah, like when you see pictures of what 19, if someone does a show about 1980 and it's all like, it looks mm -hmm. like it's 1980 color. And it's like, no, there's a lot of the 70s that was still around. Yep. That was still like people didn't redo their whole house like because, you know, the new, the new style came in. That wood paneling lasted another good decade. Completely. It's interesting. That, that new Ben Affleck movie just came out with Matt Damon. And oh, it's all the air? About, yeah, yeah, Air. And it like it brought me back to that time. And I thought it was really, really well done with regard to bringing in the culture of like the story of um, how marketing can, can change everything. Yes. And that because we're also seeing, I mean, I think, I, I don't know, like every other shoe I see is a Air Jordan in New York now. And it just feels like, oh my God, it's it's never stopped. It's continued and it's amazing. And I just, you can see like when something is rooted in like a real, with real meaning and it makes a real difference, it can it can live on. It doesn't, it's not just a flash in the pan. Yeah, because basketball shoes, they made a big point of it. They had to be 51% white before yep. then. Yep. And, and then all of the money that goes to the organization as well. And it just, it's like reverberates in like a really positive way, separate of being like genius marketing. Yeah. Well, we're going to be right back with Shayna. Shayna, where do you where do you send people to to follow you or your work or like do you do you just have them go to your website or do you have a social you like them to follow like if somebody wants to look at your stuff? So, I've taken so much of it down, but I share the work I'm doing on Instagram primarily now. A lot of it is NDA. That's why I asked because, yeah. you know, Nobody has, nobody's on all the socials that I know of. And if they are, they, I mean, they, yeah, they, they I, can't keep them up. So. I start, it's interesting. I use Twitter, but mostly um, to connect uh, over kind of like an intellectual or just like through thought sharing or article sharing. But Instagram is so visual and it's where I learn about so many artists or I connect. I don't, it's interesting. I, I feel very fortunate. I've worked a while in the industry and so I have a lot of um, 
the people, like the, the connection. So I'm not probably marketing myself to the my highest ability at the moment, but at the same time, people have, know where to find me. And I've become the person that they go to if they're like, oh, well, we need 10 emerging pattern designers for this project. We're going to go to Shana. <laughs> and so whether it's for, you know, like kind of like a political activism, you know, campaign, or if it's for, you know, oh, it's Kate Spade and we have a, we're doing the interior of a handbag or it's for make a packaging design. I used to have all of that on my website. I did do, this is kind of me doing refresh of like, what is my direction and where am I going and is the work that I was doing the work I want to continue like to do I'm doing a lot more art these days as well and so as I'm I'm just trying to decide I guess if I'm going to be uh totally upfront like what where is it going uh like and what are the industries I want to be working for forward uh working with moving forward and a lot of it so I'm in you're catching me as you're looking at my site probably in a recalibration mode that's fair yeah the other thing I, I wondered was when it comes to like patterns, a lot of times that's like they're they're used by like you say you do an inside of a handbag, mm-hmm. but then your work is like oh I did like three stripes and obviously just and maybe it's I mean sometimes they're more complex sometimes they're maybe even simpler that then repeat. I mean, what was that different to get into where you're thinking like oh I'm just doing this one part, but it has to work with someone else's thought process like someone else is going to take it and make the finished product with it or or is that was that just something that was natural I think I understand your question like what is it like to work let me just yeah see if I get exactly what you're saying what's it like to work with a brand where they're going to take the creative and run with it and do whatever they want versus yeah and you're not I mean because because it's just kind of the start of something that may turn into something different once they get get in like you you kind of you kind of give up control of your yeah. The original intent, but I don't know if if that's uh That's okay. An issue at all. I mean, when I'm working with companies and I'm doing strategy, creative strategy, it's and I'm gonna kind of talk about it tomorrow, it's so broad that I kind of expect that they're gonna take it and run with it. I mean it, it when you're working with an artist and you're bringing them in, there has to be a trust element because you know, someone's terrified if you're they're they're use you're use they're using their likeness to sell a product, so they have to be compensated in a way that feels fair. Obviously, sure. Um, so I, sometimes I'm usually like the behind the scenes person, so it's not always me that uh, you know I'm kind of like the matchmaker in that world. But yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be working at the brand if you're going to be able to see through the con- like concept and production and the rollout. Uh, you have to allow yourself to just like, uh, like receive control in a way if you're going to be working with a larger brand with larger budgets. But if you're making, but hopefully, you know, if you're making your own work in house, people are coming to you specifically for your style or for the work you're doing and they want to create a version of that on their own. And they're not just taking your likeness and turning into something, I don't know, grotesque that you're horrified by. But yeah, there is, there is to be trust, definitely before signing an agreement to do a collaboration. I just, yeah. I just it's just a, a different, you know, it's it's just so much different than a lot of other projects that yeah. there's an interest to it. So. Like even today, I was having a lot of conversations this morning where people are saying, well, I'm working on this rebrand right now. What do you think? We're trying to hit a different market than what we've been known for. What are the trends? We just want to do some cool billboards. And I was like, well, like, well, what's the whole concept? What's the strategy? Who are you working with? Do you have someone on your team that represents the market that you're trying to reach? You know, there's to me, it's like it has to be like so holistic. 
before you even get to like, oh, what is a trend that we want to tap into? And it just depends, you know, when you're work, like it's a P&G type of brand or are you a startup that's just trying to launch and do something guerrilla so you can like, you know, get some attention to get the momentum to keep going. So I think like I, I appreciate both, but two very different ways to, I guess, digest the research that I'm always doing. So, I mean, you see patterns probably more than I do. Like I walked in this room, didn't even think about the pattern on the wall or the chairs, but, but I'm assuming you start doing this and you just, the first thing you look at, and, and the gorgeous patterns on the carpet of convention centers probably, <laughs> I don't know if that drives you mad. It's a little Vegas. It definitely drives me mad. I, I, they're very confusing on purpose, I think. <laughs> I don't know. And, and this, this place has a different one every like mm-hmm. hallway. So it, this 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 building has so it seems to me anyway. Where do you see patterns? Where could they move forward to? So I think pattern can exist in ways to actually help society. Um, so I, I we spent a bit of time talking about like products that we purchase or we sit on, but like I as I was talking about like my as I'm pivoting and trying to figure out what what I want to do as I move forward, a lot of it has to do with well how do we actually make people's lives better? And something I'm very involved in in New York uh, are safe streets and I was part of um, a group that brought stop signs and crosswalks to our neighborhood in Brooklyn and if you know anything about that it's actually a huge achievement to get through the red tape and the bureaucracy to be able to get those things and so yeah it's (laughs) it's it's like a whole campaign it's like three women in marketing got together and we were able to forge ahead and do it and it was amazing because we didn't want to have a traffic death we wanted to be preventative as opposed to reactionary. So my next thought is like, well, what if we brought patterns to crosswalks all over New York at like high traffic intersections? And so this is something like I'm always percolating on different ideas and overthinking things and how do we improve things with art? But I, I have been thinking about like, what are ways to incorporate pattern in our everyday life where it can like beautify a neighborhood it can slow down traffic as an example of kind of like, you know, safer streets. Because yeah, I think if you look at pictures of what Abbey Road looks like now, because mm-hmm. everyone's there, they just do crazy lines. Yep. But but you could probably do something that was more visually appealing than crazy. Maybe. Oh, completely. I mean, but you can also take an artist that's local to that neighborhood and give them shine. And it's such a, it's actually really, it's a cheap way to achieve another level of like beautification, safety, elevating the arts within your community that allows the city to start at a base level to say, oh, okay, this is a nice uh, test use case. How can, what can we do next? Like, how can we continue to involve it? Can we bring, okay, so we do a test pilot in Brooklyn. Can we bring it to the city? Can this be something that we do like every month or every two months? Can it be, you know, and that's just scratching the surface, like, I think that print and pattern and, and kind of visual texture can be applied to so many different civic problems. It's just a matter of like, if, if I were to say there was a an avenue that I wanted to explore outside of kind of like the advertising and marketing world, I would say like, let me at that world. And like, I bet we can solve a lot of the world's problems using using <laughs> visual patterns and repetition. Sure. You just got a lot of red tape, I'm assuming. But but the idea is, is, I guess, if you do it once, there's a case study. Exactly. And there are a lot of case studies for that specific example throughout the world. So I'm, I'm putting a deck together, and I feel really fortunate. I'm on um, a few different boards in New York where it's 
our job to elevate the arts in different boroughs, not just in Manhattan. And so I think if you're persistent, you know, and you're, you're working with people that are really passionate, you know, you never know. I do believe it. And you can make a difference. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. assuming you can, you know, this is not a crazy expense item. Like this is no. something you could, you could, you could easily justify and probably get into their budget and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they wouldn't even notice it. I mean, there's, it's interesting when we, when we did the whole safe streets, there were still people that showed up to complain about losing their parking spots. And I was like, oh my God, for a crosswalk where they're going to have like dogs and senior citizens and kids and yeah. strollers crossing. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, and it's actually been so successful that during COVID, they uh, closed several of the streets in Brooklyn down to traffic. And then the whole neighborhood has like completely overtaken it. And it's, it's really incredible. It's, it's almost made parts of Brooklyn feel like Europe oh, okay. in a way um, where it just feels so much more livable and you get to know your neighbor. And then I think like generally mental health is improved and there's just so many and then this and then this and then this as opposed to like the way we've all just been living so isolated and the way we just like live with our heads down until we get to the office or we're back home again or we're at a restaurant or, you know, anyway. So I think that like anything that gets us off our phone and looking at the world around us and breaking up our daily routine is like a really positive way to kind of like turn our lights on. No, I love it. I love it. Well, Shana, thank you so much for your time. And, and thanks for, thanks for coming here to Howe and, and, I hope you. I hope you uh, get it, get some get to see some other events while you're oh, here. Oh yeah, definitely. And you're also doing times. the speed coaching, I hear. Yes, neither should I. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank you. So I don't much. know how many how fast the speed is. I don't know either. Like how much coaching you have to do? I'm not sure. I've worked at so many different companies. Hopefully, uh, I have some advice from all the various angles to help whoever's coming my way. But this was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.